Turn to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. We talked last week a little bit about the days of Noah. What it was like in the days of Noah. That uh, uh, And Jesus said, actually in, in Matthew 24, I, I, I'll just want to kind of recover some of this. Jesus said in chapter, in chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 37, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood... People were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, and I want to tell you this week this parable that Jesus gave about the parable of the ten virgins. Uh, and, and I want to tell you right up front, we serve a good God. Amen? And salvation is wonderful. It's wonderful. It's the most wonderful thing just to know God and to be in His presence and to be able to come face to face. Think about that song we sang. When I come face to face with God Almighty. What a wonderful thing. And, and the reason I've preached the way I have the last few Sundays is if that's true, if we believe this to be true, that, that it's the most wonderful thing in the world to know God, then I believe the converse is true, that it's the most awful thing in the world to have this available to you and not take advantage of it. Would you agree with that? I mean, we won't even talk, let's not even talk about hell. Let's not even talk about that for a minute. Let's not even talk about what's right. Let's just talk about the fact that if you miss God, you miss everything. So what I want to focus on today is, in the parable of the ten versions, we're going to talk about Christians who are ready and who are not ready. Matthew 25. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. Jesus said, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy, and they fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the, to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door to us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Lord, we pray that You'll bless Your Word today. God, we, we pray that You'll create in our minds and hearts clarity. God, the kind of clarity that there's going to be on that day when You return, we ask for it now, God. We pray that You'll, you'll peel back the layers of deception the devil has, has plied upon us, God, and that You'll cause us to see clearly what is Your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The Scripture says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like. 
Well, Jesus, when He's telling this parable, and He's telling it, this is part of an unbroken narrative. He's, he's telling a bunch of things all at once. And what He says is, at that time, at this particular time, the kingdom of heaven will be like this parable. What this language really tells us is that at that time, something's going to occur in the kingdom. The kingdom's going to change. It's not like that now. You see? He's not saying that the kingdom is like this now, but he says at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. So something's going to happen at some point and the kingdom of heaven is going to be like this parable we're about to read. In other words, there's a time coming. That's what I want you to, to understand. There's a time coming when, when this will take place. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five were foolish and five were wise. Now, I want to tell you that this parable is not about the saved and the lost particularly. It's about foolish and wise. I want you to look at this. These are ten virgins who went out to meet the bridegroom. How many of you are going out to meet Jesus when He comes? Turning out. Well, let me also say, if you just raised your hand, that you're either foolish or wise. What I, what I want to get you to do is to back off from your life for a minute. Just take a step back and let's take a look at your life, okay? Because the problem is, everybody we're talking to here, and you know, you just heard the bottom line, is that some go and some don't. Some are in, some are shut in, like we learned last week, and some are shut out. This particular parable is talking about people who think they're in. How many of you qualify for that? Do you think you're in? Come on, raise them up. So I know who I'm talking to. Is this a little scary to you? Because if you don't think you're in, then this is not for you. But if you think you're in, then, then this is for us, okay? Again, why would I tell you such a thing? It's because to miss God, to miss the kingdom, is the, is the worst thing in the world. It's the worst. And I would have none of you miss it. I would have no one miss it. I want us all to be wise on that day. So, five were foolish, five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil. How many of the virgins had lamps? How many of them went out to meet the bridegroom? How many of them uh, were, were expecting the bridegroom and were dressed accordingly? How many of them got to go in? There's got to be a difference. See, would you agree with me that this parable, the, the crux of this parable revolves around the difference between the foolish and the wise? Is that fair? Is that a fair assumption? Here's what he says. Five were foolish. Five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but didn't take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. There's the difference between the foolish and the wise. In a word, you could say that the foolish were ready. I mean, the wise were ready, and the foolish were just there. They thought they were ready. That's a scary place to be. They thought they were ready. So the bridegroom was a long time in coming. How many of you believe that, that in almost any given age during the history of the church, people thought the Lord was going to come during their lifetime? I mean, 
But isn't that the way it's gone on since forever? I mean, if you read back, back, back as far as you want to go, people are saying, oh, he's coming now. I'm telling you the truth. I had a sister tell me, said she said, the Lord's coming in the next 13 years. I know it for sure. I said, that's all right. But if he doesn't come in 13 years, will you change your theology? Please? You know? I mean, I, he might, and you may be right, and praise God if you are. But if not, can we get over this business of deciding when he's going to come? Doesn't he say right here, you don't know the day or the hour? People say, well, then we can tell the month and year. <laughs> Let's get over that. What he says is be prepared. He tells a parable earlier. He says, uh, if, the, if the man had known at which hour the thief was going to come, he would have gotten up and been prepared. But see, you don't know the hour, so you might as well stay prepared. That's what this, this message is about. So five took oil and five did not. And at midnight, the cry rang out. Hey, Phil, the midnight cry. Amen. The midnight cry at midnight at a time when they were all asleep. How many were asleep? All of them. He was a long time in coming. Falling asleep is not the issue because you get time to wake up and trim your lamps. They woke up and trimmed their lamps. And what happened was, remember what Jesus said, at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like this. What I want to tell you is a day is coming when the kingdom of heaven is going to be like this. It's going to be in such a way that the differences among us will be shown. There's going to come a day. I wrote it down. It was such a good statement. I wrote it down. Where is it? A day will come when all appearances are done away. Didn't God say man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart? There's going to come a day when everything is exposed. Everything. Oh, for the day when we could see clearly. Where it doesn't matter if you look good. It doesn't matter if you appear good. It doesn't matter if, if you do good things. But that God can see into the heart. Oh, that we could see the hearts. Oh, because on that day, at that time, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. And when Jesus comes, when the sky opens and Jesus comes and the midnight cry rings out, go meet the bridegroom, there will be no time to buy oil. No time. My point to you is buy oil now. Why wait till midnight when you're asleep? How many of you just wake up out of a dead sleep? You know, oh God, what's going on? You know, you have time to trim your lamps and that's all the time you have. You don't have time to go buy oil. All the virgins woke up and they all trimmed their lamps. And in, when they trimmed their lamps, they'd been asleep a while, it was midnight. They trimmed their lamps and all of a sudden, half of the lamps were burning very brightly. And half the lamps were almost gone out. Now, I'll tell you the secret. The Scripture says here, that the foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil with them. The sense of that is they didn't take any extra oil. These little lamps they're talking about are about that big, little lamps that were on a stick. And you know, that little lamp has some oil in it. They didn't take any extra. They just took what was in the lamp. Do you know what this means? 
That means that the people that he's talking about have some oil. They have some light. When I asked how many of you are going to meet Jesus, I think almost all the hands went up. But the Scripture says that if, if we... Now, I, I hope we're above the, the norm, but let's suppose we're just the norm. Half of these hands don't have any oil. We've got some. See, our lamps are burning now because it's not that time yet. But when Jesus comes, whose lamps are going to be burning? Who took the oil in the jar? The difference is going to be, do you have the real stuff? you got to have the real stuff. you got to have the oil in the jar. I want to, Before I tell you about the oil in the jar, I want to tell you a little bit more about that day. That day, does it excite you or scare you? That, that there's going to come a day when all of your, all appearances are done away. This is the prophet's dream, by the way. Any of you with the gift of prophecy know what I'm talking about. What a wonderful day. Wonderful day when everything is exposed and laid bare and appearances don't matter and truth alone is all you can see. What's right? What an awesome place to be where, where, you, you couldn't be a hypocrite if you wanted to. Because it's all open. It's all out there. That's what that day is going to be like. Jesus is going to turn up and suddenly you're going to look and say, now His lamp is burning brightly and hers is not. What's up with that? He's got some oil and she doesn't. She's got some and He doesn't. What, what, what do we make of that? What I want to do today, what I'm praying today, and if you want to start praying now, you go ahead. I'm praying that God will cause us to see with that kind of clarity that will happen on that day. I'm praying that He'll give us a little little taste of that today. Do you know why? Because if you get it right, if you, because it's going to be clear to everyone on that day. Do you understand that? That on that day when He steps out, we'll all know and, and it'll all be exposed. But by then, it's too late. Too late to change. The buzzer has rung. Jesus is coming and He'll... Shut the door. Now say, I don't know you. But today, what if you saw today? What if by, by this Word of God today, what if you could see, man, maybe I, there's some things I'm missing. Maybe I don't have enough oil. Maybe I've just got oil in my lamp, but I've got none in here. I don't have the real stuff. You could change it today. Wouldn't that be a good thing? You could change today. I'm praying that God will somehow open our eyes, get a hold of us today, wake us up. What if we could wake up right now and trim our lamps? See, that's what revival is. When the lamps, you wake up and you go, oh my goodness, and you trim your lamps. You know what happens when you trim your lamps? You go, wow, I'm short on oil. There's still time. There is time for you today. There's time for you to buy oil. Don't wait till the midnight hour. Outer works will not suffice. The inner supply is all that matters. That day, see, Jesus said that day is also going to be, you remember the parable of the weeds and wheat? See, when we're all here together, the wheat and the tares, they look just alike and you can't tell. And the angels say, God, let us go rip those tares right out of there. And God said, no, you may tear up some of the other ones too. Wait until that day. Because when that day comes, the wheat will stand like this and the tares will still be like this. And God will say, go rip all the tares out. 
He says, and you remember the, the parable of the fish net, the great net that was dragged in. And what happens is when you've got the net in the water, it just looks like a bunch of fish and you can't tell who's who. But when, once they pull the net in, there's good fish and there's bad fish. And they'll be separated. A time hasn't come. The net's still in the water. But there's going to come a day when it's all in the boat. And it's clear who's who. My point to you is, let's change now. Let's buy oil now. Let's fix it now. Don't wait till midnight. Because at midnight, where are those people who are selling oil? They're asleep. And if you hesitate... If you, if you hesitate at the time Jesus comes, the door will be shut. You'll miss it. Now, if, if I'm teaching wrong, somebody say so. But there are five wise and five foolish. There are going to be a lot of people. Flip back to Matthew 7. Jesus makes this a very, very similar statement and it's worth looking at. What I'm finding lately is I'm finding out a lot of Difficult things about Jesus. He's, he's, uh, his grace and His mercy go deeper and further than we'll ever imagine. But I'm also finding out He has some hard things to say. And you, why is it? Why is it he's, so, his, he's got kindness and sternness? Why is He so stern? Man, because He wants us to be there. He doesn't want any of us to miss it. He's trying to get us there by any means possible. Uh, in Matthew... Chapter 7, verse 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. And these words are the same ones he uses in this parable. Sir, sir, or Lord, Lord. It's the same, same language. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. What this says to me is that there are people who think they're okay with God and who are going to think they're okay with God all the way to the end. And one day they're going to come to God and go, God, it's me. And He's going to say, I don't know you. I do not know who you are. Away from me. Away from me. So, what I'm saying is, if you believe you're okay with God, then you're qualified to fit into either group. Right? I mean, come on, let's don't deceive ourselves. If, if, if you think you're okay with God, then you could be one of the foolish ones. And Jesus will say, I don't know you. Or you could be one of the wise ones. The good news is, Today, you can be sure you're in the right group. Because there's a place called Calvary where it was all settled. And if you'll go there, Jesus said, flip over to Revelations 3. You ought to read the letters in Revelation, by the way. They're from Jesus to the churches. And uh, they're not exactly what you would expect them to be, I don't think. He didn't sign off with... All positive notes. He signed off and he had a lot of hard things to say because he wants us in. He wants us to get in. That's, that's, his, that's his bottom line. And he says in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 
15. I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Now listen, here's where, here's where it, it lands. Here's where it hits close to home. You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize. Say, do not realize. You do not realize. Would you say that was the problem with the virgins, the foolish virgins? They did not realize. Look, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. The problem is not that we're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. The problem is we don't realize. We don't realize that we're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Because someone who realizes that they are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked, Jesus says, I counsel to you, I counsel you to buy from me. Say, buy from me. Buy from me. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good this morning? If, if we've realized, man, I'm bankrupt. I'm, I'm spirit. Wouldn't that what happens? David Herring? N-A-A? Richard Campbell? My dad. A-A, folks. What happens is they come to spiritual bankruptcy. They come to where they realize, I'm powerless. And Jesus is saying, you don't realize. You're saying, I'm rich. And Jesus says... No, you're not. We need to realize our, our spiritual state. Buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. Buy from me white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. Buy from me salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline them. So be earnest and repent. You can be right today. But I'll tell you, what I'm telling you is, I'm telling you a story about a day. There is a day when you won't have this option any longer. That's, that's all I'm telling you about. That's all this parable is about. Jesus said, you don't know the day, you don't know the hour, and in that day and in that hour, there are going to be people who want to get it right, but can't. Day's coming. It's coming. It's a sure thing. If Jesus said it, it will be. Let's get it right today. And let me, let me talk to you a little bit about the oil in the jar. You say, well, Lance, what's the difference? What's, what's the oil in the jar? The oil in the jar is the real thing. It's the real thing. It's the inside thing. It's the thing that Jesus preached about the whole time. He said, you Pharisees. You guys are hypocrites. He said, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside is full of, of decay and dead men's bones. Jesus was real concerned about the inside. He said, in fact, clean first the inside of the cup and dish and the outside will be clean as well. What really matters is not the outside. It's the inside. See, good works alone isn't it but it's good works prompted by faith. Right? 
It's what's inside that counts. What are the, what's the, the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience. Come on, I, I know you guys know. Self-control. This is our youth over here talking. Amen? Somebody praise the Lord for these people. And for Bill and Rob and all the guys, all the people that sow into their lives. They're the first ones to know the fruits of the Spirit. But, and I want, to, I, want to, I want to tell you about the fruits of the Spirit. You may say, well, I'm fine. I have the fruits of the Spirit myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for asking. I appreciate your concern. Could we move on to the next subject? Love. If your love is love and it feels good and you can love everybody until you get angry... I don't know what you have, but it ain't love. Because love doesn't quit. Love never fails. Not when you get angry. What about joy? Well, if you've got joy until a hard circumstance hits you, then what you have isn't joy. Because joy endures. It's, it's circumstance independent. You see what I'm saying? That the fruits of the Spirit are supernatural and they will override any circumstance you have. And I think a lot of times just because God has blessed us and we're, we're feeling okay financially these days and we're feeling okay uh, relationship-wise these days, that maybe we, we think, oh, that says that I have the fruits of the Spirit. Not so. The fruits of the Spirit are lasting and they're deep. Patience. The guy said, i got more patience than anybody else because I've never used mine. <laughs> Does your patience have a limit? Do you run out of patience? Do you think the Holy Spirit runs out of patience? Kindness? Is your kindness limited to those you like? What about goodness? Goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. But are you good only when people are watching you? What about when you're alone? Bruce, when somebody said, characters, who you are in the dark... Faithfulness. We don't even remember what faithfulness is, seems like. Man, I'm going to leave my wife because she fill in the blank. I'm going to leave my husband. You don't know how he treats me. What about faithfulness? I know a lady in South Carolina and I couldn't even, I couldn't tell you in public. I couldn't tell you what she's gone through with her husband. But that woman called my wife one night and said, bring the oil. And they went around his trailer praying, throwing oil. And I will to tell you, she's almost home. He's as near saved of anybody as I've ever seen. He's, he's fighting it to the tooth and nail. He's fighting it down to the wire. But God's going to get him. She's faithful. Don't come telling me your story about why you're going to leave your spouse. What about faithfulness? It's a fruit of the Spirit. And it lasts. Gentleness. I'm gentle until I get angry. Then I get mean. Self-control. 
We laugh at self-control. In America, we, it's, just, it's a funny thing. Huh. I can't control what I eat. <laughs> I'll start my diet tomorrow. <laughs> it's not funny at all. You know? I mean, we got, and, and the Bible says that a man without self-control is like, a, is like a city whose walls are torn down. And most of us walk around the time with, with, with our walls torn down. We can't control ourselves. These are the fruits of the Spirit. This is the real oil. This is the real stuff in the jar. Enough to last. Enough to, to wait out the darkness. Do you have it? Or do you think you have it? That's all I'm asking. I mean, this is Jesus' parable. If you don't get mad at somebody, get mad at Him. I'm just warning you as a brother. I love you. I love every one of you. And I want us all to be there together. Go buy oil today before it's midnight. Before you trim your lamp and you find out this thing ain't going to fly. It's not going to burn. I don't have enough oil. Buy oil today. You've got to have the real stuff. There is no substitute. There is no substitute for a real relationship with God. You can talk theology all you want. You can talk philosophy. You can talk religion. But there's no substitute for a real living relationship with Jesus. Because the thing that Jesus said to them when He shut the door was not, Oh, you're late. I can't let you in. It's not what He said. You know what He said was, I don't know you. The truth was, He hasn't known you ever. That's what He said in, the, in, in Matthew 7, I never knew you. Well, but we prophesied. We cast out demons. We performed miracles. Surely that's a sign of somebody that knows Jesus. Surely? Surely not. It's not a sign. There's nothing to substitute for knowing Jesus. Amen? Amen? There's no, there is no substitute. No amount of works because works come out of that knowing Jesus. I, I want to leave you with, uh, with Revelation, the same chapter, Revelation uh, 3. Do you remember there came a day in Noah's life when Noah got in the ark and God shut the door, right? And there will be a time, a time that is coming in which the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. Five took oil, five did not. And there will come a time there when Jesus will shut the door. And you remember what the shutting of the door does? When you shut a door, that includes someone and excludes someone. Jesus is going to come and He's going to include the righteous and He's going to exclude the wicked. Well, look right here. Jesus says... In verse 19, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. Jesus is big on doors. There's a door right now. You see... You think, well, God, that's that's bad of that 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 groom. You know, he comes in and, and just because the folks are a little late or something, he, he shuts the door. No, you don't understand. Jesus has been after you your whole life. 
And what we learned last week and what I'm seeing is there comes a time when he's not after you anymore because his knuckles are raw. He's been banging on your door and you've been shutting it, shutting it, shutting it and pretty soon you don't even hear the knocking anymore. There's going to come a day not that Jesus is going to stop knocking but that you'll quit hearing the knock. It's going to happen. Trust me. It's going to happen. There will come a day when you can't hear the knock. If you shut it off far enough and far enough, the Bible says that your heart becomes seared like with a hot iron. It just becomes this old calloused mess that nothing can get through. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is knocking on your door today. And you shut Him out. You think He's going to open the door for you? He's going to say, who are you? I wanted to know you. Do you understand? you see the Father's heart in that? He wants to know you. But why, why else is He knocking at the door? Can you believe that? Sovereign, almighty God is knocking on your door. You don't believe that. I can tell. Because you're sitting down. <laughs> He's knocking on your door. The God of heaven wants to know you. Man. And we shut the door. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who opens the door, I'll come in and we'll eat. Let's eat. It's, it's, it's the most heinous thing I can think of for, for people to miss Jesus. He's rapping on the door. He's dying to get in. He wants everyone to be a wise virgin. He wants everyone to have the real thing. It breaks his heart to see people sit week after week and come to a worship service or whatever, go to a shrine thinking they're okay with God and he doesn't know them. There's only one person can fix that. And that's you. You can only do it for yourself because... The foolish virgins came and they said, Give me some of yours. Let me have some of yours. And what did the wise virgins say? Were they being cruel? They were just telling the truth. Honey, I can't do it for you. Jim Rogers cannot do aerobics for me. Right? I mean, what a silly thing to think. And I can't have a relationship with God for you. That's yours and yours alone. Isn't it wonderful? But isn't it terrible? I tell you, I'm learning to fear the Lord. He is awesome. And He's demanded of each one. Each one. I mean, it's me. It's between me and God. Because that's why I don't care what you think anymore. I don't care if you think I'm okay or not. Because it's not, it's not up to you. The scary thing is, it's up to me. It's between me and God. What I'm calling you to today... And, and I've been purposely vague. I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't pretend to read your mail or know what your problem is. I don't know. Don't, I don't really. It's not really, it doesn't really matter to me. But what I'm saying is, if Jesus came today... See, that's why people say that, by the way. Because if Jesus came, it would all be very clear. See, there would, you couldn't hide behind anything. You, you, can't, you can't hold up your appearance. It's not going to work. What if that happened today? All I'm saying is, let's today prepare for that day. If you, could, if you could sum up 
this parable in two words. It's these. Be prepared. Because you don't know the day or the hour. So when he says be prepared, that means today. While there's still light, while you can still buy oil. How many of you know the oil store is open? It's open. You can come today and get oil. You can come and buy salve for your eyes so you can see. There's two ways to live life. One is you can, you can, you can go through life and know. You know you'd never admit it to yourself or especially to another person, but you know your life stinks. You know it does. You know there's things about you that is not the way it should be. You can deny those things. You can be like these people in Revelation at the church of Laodicea. And you can say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need anything. I'm okay. I'm really, I'm okay. I mean, that's what therapy is teaching us to say these days. I'm okay. Or, like Jesus says, we can realize, man, I need something. I need salve for my eyes because I'm blind. I need gold refined in the fire because I'm poor. I'm wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. How many of you are willing to say that today? Because I tell you, if today, if you're in that state and you're not willing to say so, when Jesus comes, you'll, you'll experience the same thing on that day that you do on this. Today could be a representative day for you for that day. Do you understand what I'm saying? That the decision you make today could decide what that day is going to look like for you. Because on this day, you can cover it up. I will tell you that. You can walk out of here and I'll just think, man, that's a great guy sitting over there. But you won't be able to on that day. Why not get it right in the heart? Get it right deep down. That way what comes out? Do you, ever, or do you have to guard your mouth a lot? If you do, that just means you're, you're, you're trying to keep all that junk that's in your heart down. Right? Come on, if you've got problems, if you need, if you need to get things right, let's do it today. Please don't, please don't wait until that day. Do not wait until that day. Open the door to Jesus. He's knocking on your door. Will you open for Him? Will you let Him in? Can He eat with you? Is your life in the kind of shape where Jesus can come in and sit with you and eat? If it's not, we have this time. We have made this time together. That you can come and fix it. You can come and get right with God. You may not have come in here right with God, but you can walk out right with God. What a wonderful thing. We sang that song, a place where I can lose all my sin and shame. What a wonderful God that you could change. Listen, ten minutes. It's, it's uh, 12.30 by my watch. In ten minutes, your life could be revolutionized. And it's all about what you decide to do with what you've just heard. I mean, this is a simple message. It's, it's old news. You've probably heard it before. But... The point is not that I've preached it or told it or that you've heard it. The point is that today, right now, right now, God is calling you to make a decision. Am I going to cover up the stuff? Am I going to pretend it's not there? Am I going to say, oh, I'm rich, I don't need anything? 
Or are we going to say, God, you know, my life stinks and I need some help with it. I need help. I've got problems. I need help. You can make that decision right now. It's a wonderful thing. Rob, come up here, please, sir. You're doing it at the cross. I know a place, a wonderful place, where the accused and the condemned can find mercy and grace. Where the wrongs we have done and all the wrongs done to us were nailed there with Him. There on the cross. It's the answer. The oil you need is the oil of the Holy Spirit. It's God who will, who will come to you. He's knocking on the door. All you have to do is open that door. You've heard all the little phrases like, oh, there's only a handle on the inside and only you can open it up. The reason those have been around for so long is because they're true. Please stand. And I, it, it doesn't make a hill of beans to me how you respond, only that you respond. Respond to God. Respond to God. He's calling you this morning to say, I, listen, I will not oppose God any longer. I will not stand for sin in my life any longer. I will not uh, deceive myself into thinking I'm okay when I'm not. How many of you would make that decision? Let's sing. And, and let's, let's do this. Let's sing this. I want, you to, I want you to stay right where you are. Stay right where you are and let's, let's pray. I want, you to, I want you just to pray quietly before God as Rob uh, sings this. And then at the end of the first verse, when he gets done, if you need to do business with God, come on. Come do it then. Okay? Go, Rob. something in your heart, something in your life. If you're not ready, listen, if you're a heart, it is not in the exact condition that you want it to be when He steps out of the sky, you need to be right here. If it's, not, if it's right now not like it should be then, you need to come down. Because Jesus is waiting. He's waiting. He wants to have joy on that day. Come on, you can start coming. He wants to have joy on that day. He doesn't want to see you crying. He doesn't want to see you trying to run to the oil cellar. He wants you in the wedding feast. If your heart's not exactly like it should be, come fix it. Hallelujah. Jesus will meet you here to fix whatever's in your heart. Please don't worry what other people will think because on that day, everyone will see. Everyone. It'll be laid open. Oh, what a wonderful thing to be able to come and make it right. Please, it's free, it's today. 
Don't miss it. Praise God. Sing it, Rob. pray for these at the altar. We thank you that you have given us conviction and courage enough to come and say, God, I need you. I need from you, God, whether it's whether it's gold refined in the fire or bright clothes, white and clean to wear. God, a saffron for our eyes. Lord, I pray for these at the altar. You guys out there, just stretch your hands out to these at the altar. Lord, do a work here today. God, move on us. Lord, do a work. Cause us to, to humble ourselves before you. Look to you, God. Trusting in your finished work on the cross. Father, I pray for these, my brothers and sisters, at the altar. God, that they will leave here never the same. Never the same, God. Lord, that the break they've been looking for, the breakthrough, God, that, that it'll come now. In Jesus' name, now. God, I pray that they'll they'll find uh, increased power in their life. God, an ability to stay far from sin. Lord, only you can cause us to live a holy life. So I pray that you'll empower my brothers and sisters to lay their heart before you and to find healing, find healing and renewal, God, and righteousness in you. Lord, we pray for them as we would pray for ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen.